But listen, today, as we come into the word, today in the Christian church calendar is Palm Sunday. This is the week before the Easter weekend, and it commemorates the moment, it remembers the moment when Jesus was beginning to and continuing to fulfill the prophecies of what it was to be the Son of God, what it was to be the Messiah, the Savior of the world. And he was coming into Jerusalem, and he did that on a donkey. And he was doing that as part of the prophecy to be fulfilled. And when he came into Jerusalem, people were gathering around him and they were singing praises and shouting Hosanna. And they used this expression, blessing on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. They laid down their coats, they laid down palm branches from palm trees. And that's why they, you know, we sort of colloquially call it Palm Sunday because of the branches that were laid down. In those moments then, these led into a few days of real intense activity as Jesus was facing towards the cross. His arrest was coming, his trial was coming, his crucifixion was coming, and of course, thank you Jesus, his resurrection was coming. But in those days, there was an intense time of teaching, an intense challenge where Jesus was really, really challenging the Pharisees and the religious leaders of the time. He was woed to you and sorrow to you because of their hypocrisy, because of their performance-based religion, because of their shallow faith, because of their man-made structures and they're not, their hearts weren't submitted to the Lord. And he was challenge after challenge after challenge, whilst at the same time trying to equip his disciples to realize, I'm going to die, but I'm coming back. I'm coming back, I'm coming back. And in these moments, we're going to pick up three verses, just three verses to look at today. And the essence of this scripture and the title of this talk is Unbroken Brokenness. We're going to look at what it is to become unbroken because of the work of Jesus, but yet what it is to allow ourselves to be broken for his purposes. So let me explain. If you've got your Bibles with you, um, turn to Matthew or swipe to Matthew 23. Of course, it will come up on the screens, but it's always good to see if you can find it in your own versions where you normally go, because then if you want to find it again later and you've forgotten what the numbers were, you can actually probably visually think, well, it was on the right hand side, so it's not that. So Matthew 23, verses 37, three very unusual verses are going to be the basis of this um, talk today as we lean into the word of God. He says this, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones God's messengers. How often I have wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings, but you wouldn't let me. And now look, your house is abandoned and desolate. For I tell you this, you will never see me again until you say, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. So in these unusual verses, we see the humanity of Jesus coming through, but also the divinity of him as he is recognizing, okay, what we're about to go into is an a no compromise um, season, his crucifixion and resurrection and the, the need for people to respond, to recognize that he is the son of God is a no compromise deal. So people's knees will bow one day. They will say that whether they choose to at this point or, or will happen later because there's a no compromise divinity about it. But yet we see his humanity so strongly in these verses. Now, I don't want to shock you too much by this next revelation that I'm just about to give you, but God is not male. Sorry. He's not male. He's not male as we understand it because he's spirit. 
And male and female are created in his image. And not physically, you know, I don't think for one minute he looks anything like me, but there's an essence of his character in all of us. Male and femaleness are reflecting the image of God. And in these verses, Jesus is bringing the mother heart, or as I much prefer to say, the mama heart of God is coming through this because he is describing this mama heart of God that wants to scoop up Israel, scoop up Jerusalem, scoop up the hurting and the broken like a hen scoops up her chicks and tucks them under her wing and says, you're not having them. Now, I can't speak for what it is like to be a mama chick, (laughs) have no experience, but I can tell you a little bit about what it's like to be a mama with a mama heart. So as most of you know, I have three Um, I call them children, not so much children anymore, you know, young adults, one in the making, two firmly there. And then I have a son-in-law, I claim him as my fourth child, and he is, I say this often, he is the cleanest and tidiest of all of them, so he's definitely not mine. Um, So he comes comes home and cleans, he's he's just always welcome. But I have these three kids, these are my favourite people on the planet, obviously alongside my besties. I needed to get that in quicker this time, did you notice how I did that? Because I, I didn't quite mention him soon enough earlier, but the mama heart thing, that's not right, that's weird. Um, but so, so I have this mama heart for my three kids. Now, let me tell you, if anybody was hurting them, I will take that person down. If there is any injustice coming the way of my children, I will stand in the way of it. Now, if they are the trouble, they'll have to deal with that. But if they are in trouble, I will go to any part of the planet where they are in trouble at a moment's notice. Depending on where they are, depends on how long I take to get there. But I am on my way. And I am not joking. I will absolutely stand between my children and trouble at a moment's notice if I can. I am fiercely, fiercely loving towards my children. Don't test me. But the interesting thing is it's not just my children in this mama heart that I am fiercely protective over. People who I would jump on a plane and leave the country to get to where they are, and I have done this for them. People like my sister, people like my parents, people like my nephews and my niece. I will fight in the place of spiritual warfare for them. They phone and they say, when I need you, I will not say why. I will say, I'll be there. Give me your postcode. Now, this mama heart is because of the way that God has made me. It isn't just about who I've naturally carried. It's about what God has done in my heart to put the people in my heart. And yes, there are more, but I'm not going through your names because then I'll forget a name and you'll go, oh, I'm not there. So, you know, but this mama heart thing, this is a God thing because we see it in Jesus. As Jesus demonstrates the father God to us, he demonstrates the mama heart of God to us. He says, I just long to bring you to me. I long to scoop you up. I long to take your pain, to stand in the way of the injustices you're experiencing. I long to come alongside you and carry your burden. I long to hide you when you just want to be protected. That's what I long to do. But then Jesus says, but you will not let me. Oh, people, have you ever tried to console an unconsolable child? 
Like they are violent things when they don't want to be because they'll come to me, no, you know, they're fighting you off. That's when they're little. Then when they get older, they start adulting. And when people are adulting, they don't think they need their parents' help. They don't want their parents' help because they're so busy proving they're adults. They don't want it. And this was what Jesus was challenging. The independence of a child who thinks they can do it on their own and they don't need to be scooped up by the love of the mama heart of Jesus that he's expressing. All those people who are adulting so much, they think they're above him. They think they're better than God. They think they don't need God. And this was breaking Jesus' heart because he knew he was going to break for them. You see, we know this from John's gospel where John captures the fantastic truth. It's so well known. For, For God sent his only son for whomever believes in him. Not when it's just these people. No, for whomever believes in him, they will not perish. They will be scooped into his love. They will be rescued and hidden in him and redeemed and restored and mended and loved and healed and cherished. But yet these very people that Jesus was going to go to the cross for kept rejecting and pushing away. We don't need you. We don't want you. And I guess the question for us today, they wouldn't let Jesus scoop them up. Will we? Will you let Jesus scoop you up? Earlier on in Matthew's gospel, there's recorded a bit of a disagreement that's going on with the disciples, and they're working out who's the best. And there's a fantastic little truth of revelation that captured in this story where Jesus says this. He he brings a child right into the middle. It's a little child. We know that from all the studies of it. But he says this, so anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is not calling adults. He's calling adults to become like children, to become like children who see their parent and just go, pick me up. And if you've had a toddler and you've seen a toddler with a parent, you know that's what they do. It's been happening on the front row in front of the mama Hannah all morning as her youngest keeps coming up going, you know, and it's clear what she wants. She doesn't need to say, um, excuse me, I'm your daughter. Could you just um, bend down, pick me up? She's just like, this is what Jesus wants. He wants us to be so abandoned to the Father that we will say, I know that your mother heart is always, always for me. And you will always pick me up if I will let you. You will always comfort me. Bring me to yourself. Be intimate with me. Be personal with me. Take away the problems from me and journey through the problems with me. Now, there's this, um, I'll try not to drop it. Steph's downstairs. She'll be panicking slightly. So um, these beautiful vases um, that have been created, there's an art form, a Japanese art form called kintsugi. I really hope I pronounce that right. But that's how I pronounce it. Um, Anyway, in this Japanese art form of kintsugi, you basically have broken things redeemed, restored, and made beautiful. So imagine this vase had been smashed on the floor. I'm not going to. Although they can't sack me now, can they? Um, but <laughs> I can get away with so many things. Um, so they, they joke. Um, they could probably work it out. Um, anyway, imagine this had been broken. What Kintsugi does is it takes glue with gold in it, with silver in it, and that glue puts back together the broken pieces. But it doesn't just look like, oh, it's just a broken jar. No, it looks beautiful because the gold shines through. It sparkles, catches the light. It displays a new beauty, a greater beauty, some would argue, because there's gold in it too or silver in it too. 
Now, I believe what Jesus wants for us is to be in the, if you like, the kintsugi art of his grace, where our cracks, our brokenness, allow his blood that was shed on the cross for us to shine through us, to heal us, to join us together again, to restore us to a new beauty where we display his glory. Now, the beautiful thing about this is in these places where the glue is, where the golden glue is, they can't be broken again in those pieces because they're stronger than they were before because they've got this additional glue in there. See, when Jesus brings us together, when Jesus brings healing, he doesn't change his mind. Oh, you're broken again. Well, I know what to do with you now. He just restores and redeems and keeps going with his beautiful artistry to make us good. Now, when I wrote The Comparison Trap, I wrote about Kintsugi because I was speaking at um, a women's event one time and there was a prophetic artist. Have you ever come across people like this? They're amazing. Like they can create things to look good. And there was a prophetic artist called Lim Pugh and she was there and she was painting. And, and you know, you've, you meet Jesus in her painting. I tell you, if I painted... You'd be saying, Jesus, interpret this for me now. <laughs> um, but she was, you know, doing all this beautiful stuff. And she was talking about kintsugi. And she introduced me to a new word. It's a made-up word. And if you know me, you know I love made-up words, right? I'll hyphenate anything to get a new word. None of them have made the dictionary yet, but we'll one day. Um, she introduced me to the word flawsome. So this word, you know we overuse the word awesome. Oh, my gosh, you're awesome. Oh, that's awesome. It's like, no, no, stop it. She was talking about flawsome because we are made awesome in the sight of God, not in spite of our flaws, but because of them. How our weakness can ultimately display his glory. How we can allow the cracks and our weaknesses and our failings to display something of the kingdom of God for God to see, for the world to see. There's a moment where the Lord wants to scoop us up and say, I'm just going to make you flawsome. Many of you know I was healed years ago, roughly the same number of years as when we've been leading the church. Still can't remember that number, 23 plus years or something. And um, I was healed of cancer. I had cancer in my leg. And um, I still have the scars and a different shape to my leg. Can't show you too high. Um, but I still have a different shape. Now, the doctors did offer to fill the leg back out again from where they removed the chunk. Um, and I said, no, thank you. I'll have the tuck. Could you do the other one as well? But they wouldn't do that. Um, but anyway, so my legs are different. Now, I, wasn't, I was healed of cancer, but not of the scars. Now, I, I don't love my scars in a way like, hey, let me show the world, and you're not going to see them. But every single day, I am reminded through that crack, through that flaw, through that you know, imperfection, through that adjustment to me, through that break that's been healed, I'm reminded again of the glory of God, that he is faithful and he is kind and he still heals and he still restores and he scooped me up and loved me through a journey. And he can do the same for you too. You see, we have broken relationships, we have heartache, we have disappointment, we have prayers not answered, we have uncertain futures, we have a world that is chaotic, we have so many places where we could say it's all cracked and it's broken and I'm without hope. And yet into that, into that, Jesus wants to pour his grace to scoop us up. Will we let him or will we push him away? And just do the adulting thing. I've got this. It's not my first radio. 
I've been through difficult times before. Yeah, okay, you might just get through it just by perseverance. But what if you could get through it scooped and hidden in Jesus' love? What if you could get through it knowing that there's going to be a glory shining through your weakness more than if you just did it on your own? What if it could go to a whole new level of surpassing understanding because of what Jesus has done? Jesus is the only one who can help us. Yesterday, we had a knock at the door really late at night. And you know, it's one of those things when, you know, there's a thing with a door, you can open it and find out who's the other side of it. But we never do that straight away. The, the doorbell goes and we go, oh, who's that? <laughs> Get up, you will figure it out very soon. But we said, again, who's that? Who's that? Anyway, it was our neighbor wanting some super glue. We didn't have any, but at least he knew it's good to ask when you've broken something for your neighbors. We gave him gorilla glue for whatever good that did. A little gorilla. Here you go, have a gorilla. Um, but anyway, we didn't have what he needed. When we go to Jesus every single time, every single time he has what we need. Whatever the crack or flaw or break or problem in your life, whatever has broken, when you come to Jesus every single time and ask him for his help, he will scoop you in. He will bring you to unbrokenness. Now, it might not be in the way that you would design. It might not be in the way that you would orchestrate. But it can display his glory if you let him. It can shine forth. Paul wrote a letter to the Corinthians, this fantastic description. And um, he's writing to them and he's talking about how light can come into dark places and through frailty, God's glory can be displayed. It's in 2 Corinthians 4. I'll just read you a few verses from verse, chapter 4, verse 6. This is what Paul says like this. For God who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. Now, we all know from the creation stories when God spoke into the darkness, let there be light, but he's still speaking into the darkness of our hearts that creeps in all too easily with disappointments and bitterness and tiredness and fatigue and, and loads of different you know, things that go on in our world. Darkness can just creep in. And yet into that darkness, Jesus is still speaking his light so that oh, the glory of God can be seen in the face of Jesus. It's amazing. Verse seven, we now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Family, this is a time for Jesus to bring together. Oh my gosh, I'm covered in gold. That didn't happen before. It's not a spiritual thing. It's just clearly from there. That would be it. It's happening again. If you're old enough to know what I'm talking about. Check my teeth later. It's just from the, the gold. Anyway, I'm going to have gold all over my Bible and I'm going to look at it and be reminded of this moment. Um, 
Anyway, we, we have this opportunity to bring our... I don't think it's going to come off. You're so kind. It's like when Magdi was preaching the other day. Everyone's now going to be... She's covered in gold. I'm just going to touch you all later. And we'll just say it's like a Holy Spirit thing. Um, anyway, there is... Back on point, back on point. There is a human frailty that we all have. But yet, into our humanity, Jesus longs to display his divinity, his glory his power, his strength. This is not something for the future. This is now. When we sing, let heaven come, this is what it is. Heaven coming now into our mess. Heaven coming now into our frailty. Heaven coming now into our unanswered prayers that we could display his glory in our bodies, in our lives, through our words, through our thoughts. This This is why Jesus got on that donkey and rode into Jerusalem and challenged the hypocrisy of the leaders and challenged their pretense and said, stop faking it. Come authentically. Come with your needs. Come with your weakness. Come as you are and recognize I alone can scoop you up. This is a beautiful thing. So as we um, soon are coming into land, I promise, we're going to think about two things. One is, will we let our brokenness be made unbroken? Will we allow the kintsugi art of God's grace to shine through the places where we harbor disappointment and pain and frustration and broken relationships and dreams that we've just held on to for too long and we're just... Do we let go? Do we keep hold? And fear that grips us, will we just hold on to them or will we allow Jesus to scoop us up and allow his grace through the work, the complete work that he did on the cross, through his death and his resurrection to bring grace into our pain? That our lives can display his glory. We will still be scarred sometimes. But the scars themselves display his glory. Like Jesus in his resurrected body showed his scars by means of displaying his goodness and his glory and the complete work on the cross. This is the gift of Easter that isn't contained into next weekend, but has spread from when it first took place all the way through to eternity. Will we allow Jesus to scoop us up or will we be just so busy adulting? I'm just going to figure this out. I'm just going to pretend I'm sorted because I don't want anyone else to know. It's so easy to pretend. This whole journey, as Tim said, we've had to enlist help. This whole journey, we've had to wrestle through some difficult conversations just in pursuit of Jesus. There's been some difficult conversations. Well, we could have faked it and just, there's nothing going on. We're fine. No, actually, we need to talk. We need to bring Jesus into this, even as we're pursuing Jesus. Lord, bring your consugi out of grace into this situation. So that's one invitation. The second invitation is as we become more like Jesus, so he will give us his heart for others. Like my mama heart for my favorites. 
and the extended people that Jesus has rammed into my heart and said, fight for these ones. There is always room as we follow Jesus for that capacity to increase. When was the last time you wept or fought spiritually, maybe more than physically? Although looking at some of you, I don't know, maybe you fought. But spiritually more than physically, when was the last time you fought in the place of intercession from someone who is not yet saved by Jesus? to intercede for, as some people like to call them, the lost. When? When did your heart break and long to scoop them up for Jesus? Because when we become unbroken by Jesus, we get to carry a heart that breaks for others. So the unbroken brokenness becomes a beautiful reality where we are compelled to love those who are not yet saved, where we are compelled to seek ways of allowing the glory of God in our lives to shine through to others, to pray for them, to intentionally reach out. For your families, your neighbours, your colleagues, your classmates, your college mates, people in your sphere of contact, maybe people the other side of the world as the Lord puts a people on your heart and says, these people pray. Not just when we turn on the news and we're suddenly reminded again about atrocities going on in the world, but a divine thing that God says, these people pray for them. I will fight absolutely spiritually fight for my nephews and niece. There's something God has put in me that goes beyond biology. It's different. Just stand and pray. Let your heart be broken for theirs. I wonder if the band could come up because, well, it's just time you've been sitting down for long enough. But okay. It's good for you. Otherwise, your watches will all begin to say, stand up. Two invitations. But hey, the Holy Spirit could give you a third or a fourth, so don't be limited by my limits. But a couple of invitations. Some of us need some gold to run through where we're currently feeling broken. We need some grace of Jesus to bring healing, restoration, to hug us in, to allow his glory to shine through us, through our frailties. Some of us need this, and you know who you are, and I just want to pray for you right where you are. Just shut your eyes. Jesus, I want to thank you that you scoop us up. You show the mama heart of God. Fierce yet gentle love. Gracious, not forceful, not forcing yourself on us, waiting for us. And Lord, you know the hurts that are represented by the people in this room and the people connecting online. You know, Lord. You see us. You know us. Scoop us up. Scoop us up. Lord, for those people who need to be scooped up right now, scoop us up. 
Hide us, Lord, from the enemy attack. Hide us under your wings of love. Scoop us up. And Lord, with the illustration of Kintsugi art, Lord, would you pour your oil of grace. Allow your blood by which we're healed to just bring restoration today to flow through those cracks in our lives such that your glory will be displayed through our weakness. Lord, take our weakness. Take our mess-ups and our mistakes and our inadequacies and our heartbreak. Display your glory through it. Lord, make us unbroken that we would display your glory. And Lord, I pray that even as you make us unbroken, you would allow our hearts and we would allow our hearts to be broken for the people you put into our hearts. Lord, even now, show us the people you want us to pray more for who don't yet know you. We know you've positioned us with postcodes where we live and postcodes where we work or study and places and people that we connect with. And that's not a mistake and it's not a coincidence. It's a plan because there are people in all of those postcodes who need you. So Lord, burden our heart with what breaks yours. That we would display your glory for them to see we would scoop them on your behalf. That you would be glorified. In Jesus' name.